But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing. Once more, we are out of stock on power converters, so we're going to talk about some X-wing. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Hill. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm Greg Smith. And we've actually got quite a bit of news since the last time we uh, recorded. AMG has been just deluging us with preview cards for the next couple expansions. There have been a couple tournaments, and we've got uh, some upcoming news. So other than that, uh, what have we been up to outside of X-Wing, guys? Anything interesting? Not really. I have two sick children, so that's cool. That's... That's gotta yeah. be the worst, especially it's at that age. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it's yeah, and then so Archer's getting over it, and Lily's just getting it. So all I'm imagining is for how long we referred to her as Grogu, that episode where he eats all the macarons and then throws up on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm just imagining the most adorable little bleh. Oh yeah, I've been I've been bled on multiple times. I just got done with a week's vacation where I stayed around the house and did a bunch of landscaping work. So that is uh, the extent of my non-X-Wing life lately. We did get to see each other all the previous weekend when we went down to Topeka for a tournament at uh, Huskarl Games down there. Uh, Doug and Alex and I all got to play. Greg, unfortunately, you had drill that weekend, but still managed to stop by. I did. I did manage to uh, get in there great. and see you guys. Highlight of the day. Indeed it was. Uh, very nice. So a small 10-person kind of welcome back to X-Wing, and it's always a joy to play down at House Carl. Uh, yeah, it's a really cool shop. Like, If it wasn't two hours away, I would go there a lot more. Uh, oh, that's right. I keep forgetting you guys live further east. I'm like, oh, that was a simple and it's a beautiful drive out to Topeka, and that's weird to say because it's yeah, an hour and a half is probably more realistic, but it's a little too far to go on just like game nights. And that's why Greg doesn't get out to Game Cafe very often because we live right next to Game Cafe, and it's about yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do believe uh, Doug took the top spot there and won a rather neat prize. Tell him about it. Yeah, I won a dope uh, A Wing stylized like uh, Hera. After she was blown up by the uh, fangs in Rebels, painted by Greg, which was dope. What? That sounds so cool. It Greg. does. It looks really cool, too. We'll have to yeah. put up a picture on uh, our Facebook. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, it's... smart. I yeah, tryharded, yeah. and I felt bad until I saw what the prizes were, and then I was really happy. <laughs> uh, uh, would we all fly for putting stuff on the table for the first time in a long time for some of us? Uh, I had Han... Uh, and two K-Wings, both with loaded to the gills with bombs, and then Han had Kane and an R2, just standard. Boo! Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I played a, a generic lat with Hull Grade 7 Fleet Gunner, two CLT Jedi Knights, and at two tournaments I tried one with CLT Sense Obi-Wan, and one with the Sense Auto Blaster R7A7 Marksmanship Ada 1. Um, I went two and one at both tournaments, losing to Doug both times. <laughs> Han is the devil. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. It was awesome. It was great to be back. Yeah. I ran the uh, Heavy Bosk with uh, Joy Rekov, Genesis Red, and Lando in the Escape Craft. 
that is a fun list. I, it's obviously much better in a hyperspace than it is in extended, but it's just fun. I, I understand the appeal of Fat Bosk now because when things go right for him, they go so very right. Uh, I wound up with more MOV than everybody except the Undefeateds, which I found very amusing. Uh, but it, yeah, good time, good time. Um, uh, I want to shout out Tyler real quick, uh, just because uh, I painted two ships for that tournament, and Tyler is amazing at... Uh, he wants everybody uh, to get like something super cool. Um, so he bought those force tokens as well. Yeah, then, those are neat. And yeah, those were by the same, and they have those cool sayings on them. Like I really like those. But and then the last place person at the tournament was awarded uh, the other ship, and which so, was also really cool. Yeah, Tyler came to me with the idea, and he said, "Hey, I want a first place ship. I want a last place ship." And so that was ironic because I was like, "Oh, well, I'll do a blown up Hera." For the last place ship, and then I'll do a pretty Darth Vader for the first place ship. And, uh, and then I took Hera. <laughs> and then you took Hera, yeah, yeah. And so, but it's you know, it's whatever. So, but the thing is that the last place player got a really cool prize for the day, and that's going to keep people coming back, and that's going to keep people absolutely, yeah. And that Colton and Tyler's uh, really great at that. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, it was great. In fact, uh, they even bought, uh, we all just had our, was it a $10 or a $5 entry fee? It was a, Huskarl's always $5 entry fee with $5 entry fee included. Yeah, yeah they brought, they, they bought pizza for us for lunch. That was yeah. incredible. Every time, Huskarl's an amazing store. I was going to say, if you are within a few hours of, of Topeka, try to get out to Huskarl for a tournament sometime. Yeah, awesome. or if you're just ever in Topeka for whatever reason, I definitely yeah. recommend checking it out. I yeah, hope you're, they making, get you're making money on that deal. Oh, yeah. straight up on you the are. Pizza deal. Yeah. <laughs> Plus the prizes. And if you're like, hopefully they can get a regional or a hyperspace, whatever they end up doing for that level of organized mm -hmm. play going forward. Because it's an awesome store. Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed. Uh, uh, it, it was nice to get back there uh, with all of us again, because that was before the lockdown, the last time we'd all four played together. So yeah. kind of nice to get that going again. Uh, again, thanks to everybody who made that tournament great. Uh, all of my opponents were fun. Uh, the uh, ten of us, the top five were our local Casey and Lawrence crew, which I thought was kind of hilarious. Once more, we ride into town and uh, make the locals' life a living hell. But they're all to great be fair, players out it's there. all practically locals. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I don't want to. I don't want to leave out Game Cafe for throwing an awesome tournament on Friday night either. Um, that was so shout out to John as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We had uh, our local tournament. So yeah, two, two tournaments, two nights in a row. Uh, it's been a long time since we'd done that. Yeah. That, that'd been a while again. Just a ton of fun. Uh, I've been trying a couple new ideas. Uh, that Friday night, I just flew uh, five Kiroxes, two of them with thread tracers and three of them with ion missiles. And Man, that is just fun. It's a fun list to fly. It's not necessarily good, but I see, you know, as, as much as it took some convincing, Doug, for you to convince me that Kiroxes are as good as T65s, just in a different space, when I realized, hey, one hards, I like one hards, that got really fun to fly. I just found myself, as I do with most scum lists, missing the three hards so much whenever I could have used it. 
Yeah, and I do think that spamming just Kyrax is worse than spamming just X-Wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, less options. Uh, yeah, you don't have the boost but, available to you. Yeah, but I like a list that kind of fell out of favor that I think is still pretty good is the Torquil 3 Kyrax plus 30 point ship. Mm-hmm. And like now you have quad jumpers that are pretty good that fill that space, and See, you have Sam crew list. that can go on Torquil. Like I, I think that list got better. Yeah, and it just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Quite. But on that note, uh, we also uh, again not great. Once more, drill and the army prevented Greg from playing in the online Jetta tournament, which was uh, part of the Gold Squadron qualifiers and extended tournament. Uh, Three of us played. Two of us did really well. Guess which two? <laughs> we all uh, know the answer. We can read the show notes. It's Greg. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was. It was both Greg. Yeah. yeah. Oh, believe me, Greg had a better weekend than I did that weekend. Uh, yeah, Alex and Doug, both of you made cut, and I played very poorly. In our last uh, recording, we were talking about some ideas that I was going to put together, such as the possibly the the triple fire sprays. What I ended up going with was Ankar Plutt with Zam Crew and Pattern Analyzer, and six Z95, uh, the Black Sun Soldiers, with false transponder codes and cutthroat, with the idea that these are fragile ships. I'll get to reload cut th- you via cutthroat all the time. And, oh, it, it no. It was... I don't want to say swarms are always bad, but, man, this was the wrong choice for the current meta in so many ways. Uh, I mean, first... to be fair, Matt, you've played two games and you had zero practice games ahead of time. Yeah, and I, the thing is... I, I think that list yeah, has potential. It but... does, but here's the thing. I came up against the first round, I came up against the guy who ultimately won the whole thing, and then the second round, I came up against another Aces list, and I just went, oh, this is really bad for me because neither of these lists... I mean, both of them could just arc dodge me if they're jammed. And I didn't have an answer to that. And exactly what you said, I came in with no practice with that list and just thought, what if I just bring a lot of red dice? Well, a lot of red dice is good when it's three attack dice ships, less so when it's two attack dice ships without the ability to get double mods or other, uh, you know, force multipliers like that. I think the list could be good in the hands of someone who is really good with fire, uh, fire sprays, uh, headhunters. Uh, you know Blair Bunky, for example, but I I got overconfident with that list and came in un just unprepared. Despite that, I had fun. I I went O2 drop because I realized it was not likely for me to my, my MOV was bad enough that even if I went four and two, I was probably not gonna make cut on that. But it was a learning experience for me. I I think I came in a bit too cocky and needed the humbling. You guys, however, actually uh, brought smart lists and fought your way to the cut. If you count a list that Doug built, was like, you should fly this smart. Then yes, I did, and I agree. It was a great list. Um, what it was? What was it? It was uh, Ada, uh, Ada Obi Wan, full crit with the auto blaster marksmanship sense, R seven A seven, a regen, Delta B Plow, and a Luminara with Delta B and Chopper. Okay, that's triple Jedi. Um, it's a more aggressive one because you're doing the jam and then Luminar's ability. Um, but you still have the Ada that's really hard to pin down, and Plo has regen, so always good to have a regen Delta B. (laughs) (laughs) What knocked me out in top 32 was a bunch of regen Delta Bs. 
Indeed. And Chopper in general in the meta is pretty strong because you have things like Hera, who's passing tokens all the time. Oh, Somebody like Boss gets really good strip tokens. Like, love playing against Hera in that list because <laughs> I just glued Luminar to Hera and was like, you don't have a list anymore. <laughs> it was great. And uh, Doug, what did you bring to it? Uh, I brought triple Ada with stealth devices. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of them was the full crate Obi-Wan with sense, and then the other two were Anakin and Shock T, both with brilliant evasion and stealth device. Uh, Predator. Um, so yeah, I went with the degenerate. Uh, I'm going to evade every turn and have focus evade every shot you take into me. And uh, for five games, it worked beautifully, and for two games, I got hit anyway and lost. <laughs> uh, the one in the cut was in the top 32 against the eventual runner-up, um, Donald Williams, with Quad HMP. And uh, he played it well, but man, I just did not dodge an attack. <laughs> <laughs> and that happened with the dice. Sometimes the dice game is a dice game. Yeah. Uh, you always run that risk when you're flying aces. Like, yeah. Sometimes and, you can have a totally below average game and just lose. And my game, my list doubled down on it because it doesn't have any health and it has very low damage output. Um, and normally it's fine because I still try to avoid getting shot as much as possible. But quad HMPs make that difficult. You can't. Yeah. They just get to shoot you. It's a rule. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Durham, my first round opponent, was the eventual winner uh, with a list I called the Doug House Special. And Doug, you corrected me, calling it the Doug House Experience. I Smittle corrected you. Ah, uh-huh. I would call it Supernatural Kylo and Vondrick. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think it's a particularly innovative list. Just not a lot of people play it. Well, props to where you know it belongs. You've flown it incredibly well. Andrew flew it amazingly. Uh, surprisingly, I actually made him go to time to get the uh, the the points he needed. He did almost all the damage in the last two turns. I will be- wager that he went to time every single game. Oh, you're gonna with that list. But he played it uh, perfectly smart, just like we've seen Doug do on stream with it. Use Von Reg to kite, use Kylo for the hammer. But you can also switch that up if you need to. Uh, I have seen Doug fly it enough that I just refuse to go after Von Reg. And though, you know, I, I tried my best to force him to come after me, It a game like that is really the ace player's choice, unless they make a mistake. And... Uh, Andrew flew that incredibly. Many, many props to him. Uh, props again also to Doug for how well you've flown that list so far in XTC. And you actually have some uh, XTC news for us. Uh, yeah, the finals are this coming weekend. I don't know exactly when this episode's coming out, but it's uh, Saturday the what, 28th? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Saturday the 28th at 3 a.m. Uh, U.S. Central. Mm. um so that'll be fun uh it's, it'll be five rounds saturday and four rounds sunday uh, i don't know if they've made the stream schedule public but there's uh let's see there's 10 teams so there's 20 streams going each oh. each team gets or no i'm sorry that's not right because there'll be 10 there'll be five teams or five games going at a time five, there's 10 streams going two okay. per uh match um, so like our first game is against Peru, so there'll be two streams. Oh, okay. So two of, two of your seven yeah. games will be streamed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for every round and the, the streamers rotate out. Like I think gold squadron has our later round games and, uh, it's, it, it varies randomly, um, throughout the time. But so there's, there's plenty of, uh, XTC. If you want to watch it, it'll be available. Um, nice. Please tell me you're taking like at least Friday afternoon off or something to try and get some sleep uh, ahead of this. I'm going to take some NyQuil as soon as I get <laughs> off work. Oh God, you're gonna be drunk. <laughs> and then I'm gonna try and sleep from like five to one a.m. <laughs> that's my that's my goal. Oh my goodness. Oh, 
Will this work? Tune in this weekend to find out. It's going to be crazy. If, is if there it a... doesn't, then I'm <clears throat> flying Super Kylo hopped up on Monster, so it'll be great. Heck yeah. is, there a, is there a time zone or a, I guess, team that benefits from this uh, uh Everybody, seven of the ten teams are in Europe, so seven of them are pretty good. <laughs> uh, and then okay. one is Singapore, which is, I still think, better than It's the opposite direction, so they'll play in the yeah. evening. Yeah, they'll oh, start late. Where um, then the Peru and the U.S. are both, you know, around right. the same time zone. Uh, so at, it's at least this. Now is this uh, a single elimination bracket? No, it's a round robin. It's oh, uh, good it's, lord. Yeah, so at least you guys will be stronger as the rounds go on, theoretically. Oh. Yeah, we'll see. Sunday so will how be many easier because it's only four rounds. <laughs> so how many games will you play personally? Nine, nine. Each person will play each game. Well, each oh. person will play in each round. So how the pairings okay. for XTC work is it's two teams of seven paired against each other. And uh, so it's a set, it's pseudo blind pairings. So each team presents a list that the other, other team doesn't know as they're just like front list. This is what you have to pair into. Uh, and then once both of them have chosen, you flip them up and see what list they are. And then, so let's say Peru picks their rebel list and we pick our empire list then we get to say, okay, what do we want to play against the Rebel list? We pick two lists to pair against it, and they do the same for us. And then they pick what the actual matchup is, if that makes sense. Okay. And then you go back and forth until all seven are picked. All that at 3 a.m., huh? Oh, yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> it'll be great. Um, and uh, so. remind me again, who's Team USA's captain? Marcel. Monzo. Oh, okay. Yep. Marcel, Marcel is capable of early morning decision-making. Yeah. Marcel mm -hmm. also, I think one of the main reasons we did really well is uh, our lists compared to most of the countries are a lot more, um, they have a lot more weaknesses and strengths in terms of matchups, whereas a lot of people picked a lot of, so like Peru had specifically picked seven efficiency or six efficiency, list, efficiency lists and one ace list. So they're really tough to pair into because they don't have weaknesses. They just don't have strengths either, if that makes sense. No, that, that's, um, I mean, oh. and that's probably where I would go if I were going to be putting a team together for something yeah. like this. But we didn't, Marcel like... did really well at, we have a lot of specialized lists, and Marcel did a really good job of getting us good matchups over and over and over again. Gotcha. Good, good. Marcel, watching from the, the five feet away, Marcel seemed like a phenomenal captain for Team USA. Well, he was like, captain last year, right? Uh, or not last two years year, ago, but yeah. Year before, yeah. yeah. At Euros, yep. Yeah, well, and I think he learned yeah, a lot. 2020 didn't exist. So. And I think the U.S. capitalized on the one-game-a-week format a lot more than other teams did, for Swiss in particular. Like, I think we did a lot better job of breaking down what we wanted our pairings to be and things like that. Um, so we'll see how uh, how the finals go. Um, I think all of us are just hoping to do well, but accepting that it's a brutal time zone for us, so yeah. it might get dicey. Hey, um, I believe. Yeah. We'll, we'll all be pulling for you. Yeah, I'll be watching like, I, when I'm awake. So yeah, I was gonna say, can't, can't promise to wake up at three a.m. <laughs> and that's Saturday at three a.m. Yeah, correct. And then yeah. Sunday also at three a.m. Oh, Greg, you stand the best chance to actually be awake with sick kids. So. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> three a.m. Might as well watch Doug. I woke up to a toddler on my face today. So, because he's been sleeping with us. So yeah, sleep has been rough. <laughs> uh, well, as uh, we also mentioned, AMG's been very busy on their Twitter putting out all sorts of news for Legion, uh, less good news for Armada, but specific a lot of previews of the two upcoming releases coming out in a month for us, the Republic, the Resistance 
Y-Wing and Fury of the First Order. We've looked through a lot of the cards that have been previewed, and we're not going to go over each one. We're all just going to pick a card we think is cool, talk about it, and see uh, what we think there. So who'd like to go first here? I'll start it off. All right, what's Whirlwind. Your Whirlwind. Whirlwind is my favorite card. He's windy. Yeah. He's whirly. He's twirly. It's not. Is he twirly, though? It's very twirly. <laughs> it's so my favorite. I love that. Thing. I want to put right. that on a shirt for you. <laughs> a dope shirt. Yeah. All right. Tell us why you like Whirlwind here. Doug. All right. Yeah. So he is the I3 TIE Whisper. Um, and his ability is, before you engage, you rem may remove any number of jam tokens. Then you may gain one focus token for each enemy ship that has you in its front mark. Uh, so a couple of things that are nice about him. Uh, he has essentially glitter stim against things like swarms. Um, and then if you're fighting like aces, you can... Yeah, I don't know. mostly what I like about him is that he has he has the potential to be a really strong jouster and like combo ship with first order, and he's got a neat ability. It's just fun. Uh, I don't think it's particularly broken because he's a two agility five health ship. Um, he, he's always got modded attacks, at least. Yes, that's as long as somebody has arc on him. So yeah. like he, either he gets a mod or he's not getting shot. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I mean, I guess like turrets kind of give him trouble, but that's fine. Yeah, if he's um, in side arcs. Either way, I think it's an ability that he won't have to pay a ton of points for because he's an I3 TIE Whisper, uh, but it has the potential to have a pretty strong upside. He also combos well with, I don't know, like something like a Swarm Tactics Quick Draw or Midnight or something where you can get up Ooh. to I6. Um, I think First Order needs more Jasters like him anyway. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he just offers some neat options. He's the first Whisper that I looked at and went, that's a neat ability that uh, functions outside of being toxic with the... Uh, Enhanced jammer sweet thing. It, it <laughs> emphasizes him jamming himself. Indeed. All right. Uh, I'll jump on that one as well. Uh, also, first order. I looked at the uh, one of the gunner cards. In fact, I think the only gunner card that's been uh, previewed. DT798. For those who watch the Resistance cartoon, uh, Jace Rucklin, uh, voiced by Elijah Wood, if I recall. Uh, he is a Gunner who, at the start of engagement, you can choose a friendly ship in your firing arc. Uh, if you do, it gets one strain token. And then, when you attack, you may reroll up to one die for each ship in the attack arc with one or more non-lock red or orange tokens. Now, at first, I had missed the friendly ship requirement, and I thought, this guy's amazing! He turns any ship into a pseudo-wedge. But realistically, it's give a ship in your firing arc that might have arc dodge, give it a strain token, like your Vonreg who's running away and kiting, and then that gives you uh, a better predator there. At least you're going to be rerolling one die because you've given out that strain token. You could possibly be rolling more. So it's a neat... Uh, am I willing to sacrifice a ship to do things? It can play really well with being able to chuck out those jam tokens. It's going to it's gonna be interesting. I think he's kind of got, with something like jam, I don't think First Order has any... Well, no, the Upsilon can take the tractor beam, but if you're... If you've got abilities to hand out, yeah, tractor, jam, what are the other... What's the other orange token that I'm missing? Weapons disabled. Weapons disabled. Uh, I guess if you're running Electro Proton Bomb, I don't know. I mean, uh, the red token is more... Yeah, yeah. Red, red Token is obviously, yeah. 
Yeah, strain, strain, deplete, stress, uh, all those things. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like giving your ship a strain is a third of the time making making it take one more damage than it would have normally. Yeah. And a reroll is half the time increasing your damage. Precisely, so like, just yeah, by yeah. itself, it's really useful. And then... It's like has Zagus' ability. Like, it's the math says do it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the exact same. Mm -hmm. So I think that's uh, neat, especially because the uh, TIE Whispers are going to have a gunner slot. So Yeah, it's, a... I just checked to see if it was a certain ship, only it's not. It can go on any first order ship. So That, that can take a Does gunner slot. Does the Whisper slot. have a gunner yeah. slot? Yeah. We assume so. Uh, no, we've seen the uh, the slots for it. I remember the bomber having. I don't remember the whisper. What did the whisper? Was that the whisper or the bomber that I looked at that had the? No, uh, the, I believe the bomber does have one. The bomber definitely one. does. Yeah, the bomber does. I think the whisper does as well. Uh, so it's uh, well, it makes you know almost every ship that has a turret gets a gunner slot. Uh, either way, on the uh, on either of those ships, either the whisper or the bomber, he can be uh, rather useful there. So I dig him. Also, I do like seeing uh, characters from the spin-off media like Resistance coming in with thematically appropriate abilities. If you've watched the show, his ability makes a lot of sense. Spoilies. Spoilies. Indeed. Uh, well, I mean, come on. His, his face is on the card. Even though it's not animated, you can tell who it is. Uh, um, indeed. Uh, Greg, what about I, I, you? What, what jumped out at you? Um, I like the the FO bombers because I think that they're gonna add a little bit of list building, well, a lot of list building options, new ones. Um, FO's kind of, for me at least, kind of sat in this like weird spot, um, of like, well, do I take aces or do I take aces? So like, it doesn't. There hasn't been a lot to go from. So I like the I five bomber breach uh, because after you execute a maneuver, you can do a boost. Uh, after and you, then, yeah, it's after you execute a maneuver or perform a boost. Uh, oh, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. Also, just to clarify, the whisper does oh, not yes. have a gunner slot. It does not. No, it's talent, uh, talent, missile, tech configuration. It still combos well in lists with. Yeah, yeah the okay. himself, which makes sense because you don't want to give Kylo free rerolls. Like, why give him full passive mods? That sounds awful. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. I read. Uh, so you can acquire a lock after you perform a uh, maneuver uh, or a boost action going through an, um, another ship. So, and it was acquire. So because the boost was dead. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure on that one. But I-5 uh, bomber seems pretty good. Well, one of the neat uh, things is that that dovetails really well with the bomber ship ability pursuit thrusters. During the system phase, you can perform a white boost action. Yeah, which oh, is yeah. really nice because if you bump into somebody, you can usually boost past them the next turn with an end yeah. boost. So that's really useful. Yeah, and they <laughs> seems like there's a lot of good, uh, neat uh, abilities that are coming out of this pack too. So a lot of cool, um, not just bombing abilities, uh, but like this one, like it's really utilizing the maneuvers and going through stuff. Um, you know what that but, makes me think? That's almost redline-ish. In that, in the system phase, you can boost through someone, acquire a lock on them, then drop a proximity mine or something right on them, and then K-turn and shoot them. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah, I'm I'm a little worried the named FO bombers are going to be too expensive, just because, like, every cheap ordnance platform, the name pilots are always too expensive. I feel like a Y-Wings or TIE Bombers, mm -hmm. or... Uh... 
other Y-Wings in a different faction that are also overcosted. <laughs> Every faction will eventually have Y-Wings. Yeah, like, so, uh, I mean, maybe they'll price them aggressively and that'll be neat, but I'm a little worried that the I-5 guy is going to have a big tax on him because he's I-5, which might be fair for these because they have, well, it's a system phase boost. I don't know. Oh, they're definitely not as tanky as Punishers. Well, I don't know. Two agility and six they're, I mean, health. they're the exact they're literally same bombers. as TIE Bombers. Yeah. Literally yeah. bombers. <laughs> they just change two oh, for two shields. Two. For shields, yeah. So, uh, it has mm. an evade. Well, I want to talk about the I-4 bomber, Scorch. <laughs> um, <laughs> says, while you while a friendly ship at range 0 to 1 performs a primary attack, it may spend one hit result. If it does, after defending, the defender gains one straight token. So Scorch is kind of a supporty bomber. Um, he's going to function kind of similar to Seavor. Um, instead of a jam, a guaranteed jam, it's instead of, you have to spend a result for a strain. But um, he can do it at I four. You can swarm tax him, or if you bring somebody like Midnight, who like rolls. Well, no, just... it's just when a friendly ship performs an attack. It doesn't have to be his attack. I know. I was saying, or you bring somebody like Midnight at I six to jam then, or to do the strain oh, yeah. then. As what I said, you don't have to swarm tax him, but you can, or you can do that um, if you don't want to waste like a quick draw shot or something. But yeah, so the strain is a stronger impact than the jam, though it's not a guaranteed effect. So I think it's going to be interesting, assuming he isn't expensive as hell. The downside is that range zero to one. And... It's a it's the, sh the he it's a jousting ship. You joust in formation. Okay, so I'm thinking you know something like a uh, an ace would not necessarily combo with them because you don't want to keep your aces close to your slow predictable well, no. ships. Well, we I think first order is adding a bunch of jousting options in this pack, mm -hmm. like the whisper, like whirlwind, or um, the bombers, and. Uh, I already have FOs and SFs, so like you can probably get some cool jousting lists actually now, and then he would go well inside of it. Have if we seen what initiative the generic whispers are going to be at? I think there's an I4 generic that we know of. Ooh. I'm personally not super hype on Scorch. I don't like. I think it's fair that you have to spend a hit, but I'm I'm worried that might be a little too niche. Um, I don't know. We'll okay. have to see in actual practice. But... Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's. Spend it kind of also depends on price. Spend a hit to gain a strain. To give them a strain. Okay, I was going to say, to make them gain a strain. So mathematically, it's bad, like objectively. It's, it's after they um, defend, they are assigned the strain. So it's for subsequent shots, not his Right, shot. I, I yeah. see. So you're setting up other shots. Okay, because I remember talking for years now about how Thane Tyrell's ability, spending a result to flip up uh, a damage card, is bad. You know, the idea that spending results is not going to be a good thing. But this is different because flipping up a damage card might not pay off for you. Uh, I mean, they might just have crappy damage cards or if they've got like a wounded pilot there, big deal. But this is definitely going to have an effect as long as you've got someone shooting after that strain token yeah, supply. I think the big thing is that it's not just Scorch. It's friendly ships. Yeah, yeah. you can do so it multiple times per round. If you have a range 3 obstructed shot oh. with a guy who rolls one hit, he can spend the, the hit to add a strain so that the next shot can actually be meaningful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So That being said, it, you have to be judicious when you use it because mathematically it is bad. You're trading away a guaranteed hit for a potential evade. Um, so like it's, I, I do think it has potential use, but like you said, pricing will be important, and it's not something that you spam use. Yeah, I think yeah. you want to use it to set up your fully modified range one shots kind of thing. Right, you if said you... guaranteed hit, but what if you? It's 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 a hit that's guaranteed on the board. 
yeah, but not necessarily guaranteed to hit. So like if I'm shooting the strain at is eight, a yeah, the strain is a theoretical green die that actually only has like a 33, 38% chance of being an evade. Yeah, like if I'm Scorch and I'm shooting range three obstructed by a gas cloud at Hera, I'm absolutely going to spend a hit to give you mm-hmm. a strain because you were dodging that hit anyway. Yes, right. that is okay. that is the per. I mean, gas clouds are like if you roll one hit behind gas cloud, that is always the time to spend it for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you have to know when to use it. Um, Doug is very correct that you can if you just use it on every other shot, you're actually going to cost yourself damage. But yeah. I think if you can use it to set up range one shots, maybe even a four die range one shot from a strain onto a strain ship, it can be really impactful. Huh. Okay, I can definitely see it. Uh, so. None of us saw anything jumping out at us about the Y-Wings, eh? We all just uh, I mean, thought the First Order was neat? the fourth faction of Y-Wings. We're kind yeah. of tired of them. <laughs> yeah, and the names kind of, like, it's just name-generated. Like, it looks like somebody was late for an assignment, and they were just like, crap, <laughs> we got to get these names out. And then they just generated them. Like, yeah. What? The random names from Sotor. <laughs> I'm hoping that the more exciting pilot abilities haven't been revealed yet is, I think, my big thing. These, these pilot abilities are all just really niche for the most part. Um, Some of them... I I think the configs are way more interesting than the pilots so far. The the one thing that did jump out at me is, uh, for the Y-Wings, is the Initiative 1 named pilot, uh, Chorus Capellum. Not his ability, not the fact that, you know, you got a named I-1 pilot, but the fact that his subtitle, Gentleman Flyer, is in quotation marks. Like, it's the only subtitle that's in quotation marks. Like, it's sarcastic. Like, he's a quote-unquote gentleman flyer. I think like, Finn is, is also in quotes as uh, a big deal. It's a big deal, yeah. yeah well, again, that, that means the same, you know, the same kind of idea that, you know, Finn being a big deal is kind of like a joke. I don't know who Chorus Capellum is, but the quote-unquote gentleman flyer kind of makes me want to learn a little about him. Which it kind of makes sense because he's stealing your tokens. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm wondering if he's like, yeah, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> a gentleman flyer. He also yeah. seems like a actually a pretty good pilot, uh, mm-hmm. depending on the situation. Like he might be one of the situations where it's worth bringing swarm tactics just to make him polyp. Canonically, he's an art thief. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that makes sense. Like you know, you're a gentleman rogue type. There you he go. He stole from planets the first order left after occupying, specifically. So I'm not even sure he qualifies as a resistance guy. No. I guess he's, <laughs> he's in Rise of Skywalker, apparently. So. Okay. Chorus Capel. All right, all right. Well, that, that's that's at least some kind of personality to him. For nothing else than that, I like him. Uh, well, we've covered uh, what we've seen so far of the previews. We've talked about uh, some of the tournaments that have gone on. And we kind of mentioned it in the last cast, but one of the things that came up at the Lone Star Open in Texas a couple weeks ago was the issue of stalling and fortressing. Now, this is something that has been debated for years, going all the way back to first edition. and uh, the rules specifically in second edition state that if you have all your ships touching and nobody's moving for two turns in a row, then maintaining that is stalling in an attempt to exploit a stalemate and it's prohibited by the rules. But yet, if you have one of your ships that is able to move technically by the rules as written, okay, it so does not count. You're, you're actually a little off here. In the rules, there's specifically a fortressing section. 
yeah. where it's illegal, and that's if no ships move. Right. The the exploiting a stalemate scenario came up from D and Paul Kiever when they were judges at events, and that's how they ruled if you're like mobile fortressing or you're you have everything fortressing except for one ship. That's whenever you are stalling to exploit a stalemate. Right. Star, and, Star Vipers. Yeah, yeah the, the, Star the Vipers is a big example. And one of the things that came out, I mean, and this this is always just a heated issue among some people. So for people who might not be aware of this, who've never encountered this tactic, what's the rationale behind fortressing up in a corner or you know trying to quote unquote exploit a stalemate? I do want to do one one sidebar real quick before we get into this. Uh, it should be noted that Brent Wong, who was the TO of uh, Lone Star, made it very clear ahead of time to everybody going that he was not going to make the exploiting a stalemate ruling. So people that are complaining about games at Lone Star should, like, it's fine to have a problem with the concept, but the players were playing within the rules as explicitly stated by the TO. Absolutely. So, yeah, Brent yeah. Wong did nothing wrong. Yeah, and neither did the yeah. players. Neither, neither the Nobody players, exactly. did anything wrong in Lone Star. So it's it's fine to discuss not liking it, but I see a lot of like vitriol towards the people who used it and like don't no, go to those was, tournaments if you don't want that to happen. Exactly. But the concept in general, what's the benefit of fortressing there in the corner and not moving any of your ships? Uh, so in theory, from a tournament perspective, it's you've come to the conclusion that playing the game in a normal manner has a worse win chance than just going to final salvo is like the general reason as to why you would do it. So you are putting yourself in a position where they have to approach you so you can force an optimal engage or you're playing till time and then just throwing dice to see who wins. And I, I understand. And if, if you've say taken the, the, the four ship scum list that I've been playing with the boss, Genesis Red Joy and uh, Lando List, and you're locked up in the corner and fortressing and waiting for me to come to you. Aren't you going to be starved on mods when I engage you theoretically with full mods? I'm sorry, I missed that last part, man. So if I'm if I'm the player who isn't fortressing in the corner, I'm coming in to attack you, and I've got at least a focus. And if you've been just sitting here bumping in the corner, you've got no mods. Well, Doesn't that come out the turn before it. Yeah, that's coming. that's assuming that they held the fortress one turn too long. Okay. The trick is the people who are doing it have put in the practice to recognize when they need to break the formation. So it's you're not approaching with mods while they don't have it. It's they're forcing you to engage so that they get to engage with all of their guns pointed in the right direction. So ah. it's most popular against ace matchups because if, for example, your boss list, if boss leaves the corner, the aces have the chance to get behind him. And if boss doesn't leave the corner until they have to engage, they can't get behind him. Okay, I, I, all right, I'm seeing that a little bit more now. But wouldn't the counterplay to that be something like, and this is just me spitballing here, figure out when it's optimal for the fortress to break and then maneuver away from where that works like you know get out of bosk's arc you know hard to do but still uh well so how are you doing that when bosk is at a 45 degree angle right, and that, that's that's what i'm saying you know because bosk all he has to do is one straight forward you're not getting behind him easily that way uh I, I see what you're saying so the other problem presented with this is the person who's doing the fortressing has probably prepared for this the person yes. who isn't doing the fortressing probably hasn't so you're trying to figure out the correct way to break the fortress with zero prep ahead of time and the clock is already running. So you have to do it while moving ships. 
Okay. Two A suboptimal engage for you that you have no choice but to take. Now it's interesting because I've never dealt with a fortressing player as such out in second edition. Uh, Ghost Fen used to do it all the time in first edition, and I generally had no problem with that. But the I've definitely dealt with slow play, and this seems similar in experience, if not in execution, where one player is just saying, I'm not going to play the game as such, and that's a, a term that can be argued, until things are exactly the way I want them. But isn't that really what everybody's wanting to do with X-Wing? I mean, everybody wants every engage to be optimal on their terms, right? The difference is the other games, both players are playing the game. Yeah, also, like, the thing with the Fortune players is they're almost always very fast, especially while Fortress, so that you get as many turns as you want to try and break the Fortress, because they have nothing to do. So it's it's actually quite a bit different than slow playing, at least in terms of how to solve it. Right. Well, slow playing, it's one of those things, you know, you know it when you see it, when someone is just dragging it out. And this seems to be... <sighs> I mean, I have heard arguments from both sides about the legitimacy of the tactic, and just so gut, gut feeling. The biggest what problem think? with the tactic is that final salvo is not a good way to resolve ties. Like that, they were fortressing works because there is a tiebreaker that you can build lists to have an inherent advantage with that gives you a win. So, like most fortressing lists have high red dice counts. And they're normally higher than the ace lists that they have problems into. So they have, there is no reason for them to engage with the ace player because they have an advantage by not shooting and they have an advantage by forcing the ace player to come to them. So why would they leave? Okay. And that, that, did actually, that actually did not occur to me because I can't remember the last time I flew a list that had fewer than 10 red dice. Uh, yeah, and like if they played against one of your lists, I highly doubt they would fortress because no. it's really easy for you to, to, to fortress break. You just yeah. joust them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So that then again, that's how I was approaching it. I was thinking, okay, what's the problem? I can just joust them. But if if this is something that is, I mean, obviously we've got the rules as written that say, hey, don't do this, and you've got this obvious loophole that you can exploit by having your sick just do one hards in a corner while everybody else is making the fortress. Uh is this just you know gut feeling without talking about the numbers or the tactics? What's your feeling on this strategy? I think it should be against the rules. Yeah, I mean, I think it shouldn't have to exist. Personally, like I think yeah, like the, that's why I said back, in my opinion. Yeah, that's why I said the problem is that like final salvo is the problem. Like it's it's not fun to play against, and most people play X wing to actually play the game, so it's a problem and shouldn't be here. But I can't begrudge people for using it while Final Salvo exists because uh, for a lot of those lists, ace lists are unwinnable matchups by and large. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think one example is uh, Nathan Idy had a triple Ada list against the list you talked about, and they went to time in Final Salvo because both of them agreed that there was no better outcome for them than to just leave it up to chance. Um, mm. And that's getting into a game balance problem, but like. I don't blame the the boss player for creating their best win condition. I guess if it's if it is not against the rules, it's fair game, and I think that's fine. I personally wish it was 
like I think it should be against the rules. But I also think if you bring back Jaws, it's not a problem anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, I never played in the age of Draws. I started playing literally the month that the uh, final salvo rules came out. But what was the major problem? I mean, I remember the thing about the intentional draws That's that not people thing. Like... That was yeah, a big my honest opinion. The problem with draws is that the community cried too much, so FFG reacted when they yep. didn't need to. Yeah, it was a scandal, and FFG just got rid of draws to and sate the masses. To be clear, by scandal, you mean people following the rules the way FFG wrote. Indeed. And other people being mad about it. Yeah, that's the scandal part I'm talking about, is the other people being mad about it. Uh, it was ridiculous. And um, for people who didn't play back then, so there was an intentional draw rule, where as long as the players did not collude, as in, like, manipulate scores in order to, like, enable cuts, they could agree to a draw at the start of a game. Uh, so the way that would work is if both people are 4-1 and one going into the last round, and based on the size of the tournament, it's really easy to tell. If I draw, I can't fall below the cut threshold. So I'll just offer a draw. And as long as you don't talk that through with your opponent, that's perfectly legal. Yep. Uh, or so what happens is everybody just paid attention to pairings, or to standings. And then there was one specific tournament where uh, there were just few enough people that the top eight players could all intentional draw and guarantee the top eight cut. So the top four games all intentionally drawed in that last round of Swiss. So they all eight made the cut. Yeah, which is, so no X and somebody, twos make the cut. Yeah, if you hear somebody mention the Roanoke eight, that's the the issue. Yep. Okay. Um, anyway, I don't think it was an actual problem. People just freaked out about it. So FFG said, "Okay, we'll make Final Salvo," which sounds fun and cool, but because there's a list building element to it, it's a pretty flawed mechanic, in my opinion. Agreed. So these lists that tend to follow the Fortressing strategy. Are they specifically built to be able to fortress, or is it something you look at in those situations? Because playing with that boss list, it seems, I, I understand the idea of fortressing against aces, but it's just fun to charge out and go fast with Bosk and engage. But that actually is, that's not the best strategy for Bosk, though, because every turn you're closer than you need to be you're costing yourself a turn of shooting mm-hmm. so i fortress my boss for the first couple of turns every game just to keep as much difference back as possible but i'm also engaging with my other ships um also a key thing i want to point out is you said it's fun to throw Bosk in there which is probably true but mm-hmm. they aren't playing that list for fun they were playing in a tournament with the goal to do as well as possible yeah and that that's again where i was having my problem wrapping my brain brain around it because uh as you've heard me say a number of times I want to be liked when I play X-Wing, and oftentimes that has made me make choices that were suboptimal, like like we just said, flying straight out with a four straight with Bosk on turn one. Not usually the best move, but something like this, if I if I am the, the player who's going to do something that I know is probably going to set my opponent off, I can't wrap my brain around that kind of play style. And I know, again, it's within the rules, and I am not saying the players who do this are bad people because they are using the rules as written. I agree with Alex that it just shouldn't be an option, and it shouldn't need to be an option. So I think I think we're in agreement there. So to be honest, I think this is actually really similar to playing Supernatural Kylo. Uh, people oh. have less of a problem against it because it feels like you're playing the game. But as long as I'm not taking chances with Kylo, you don't realistically have a chance to kill him unless you have an I-6, but that's a different... Like, that's why Kylo is 
quote fair. Uh, anyway, not the point. Uh, the point is, <laughs> uh, um, the point is like I think the thing you have to do whenever you're playing the fortressing list is a you should always be as nice as you can to your opponent because we're here to have a good time. Uh, but like, don't don't deny that you're fortressing. Like, don't act like it's not kind of sucky. Like, embrace with your opponent that it sucks, but this is your best chance. And I think most people can accept that in a one game circumstance. Like, I think it only really gets frustrating if your opponent has hit multiple fortressers in the same tournament sort of thing. Yeah, and that seemed to be what some folks experienced at LSO, hence the, the oh god, it's back attitude. Uh, but to be fair, that's also just a, like, you're getting tired from repetition. Uh, there was that Omaha store champ we went to where they messed up the TTO, <laughs> so we were all marked the same team the entire time. So seven yeah. of the 28 players could pair it against each other, and five of them happened to bring the exact same Rack Vader list. And as a result, two people played four of their five rounds against Rack Vader, and they were sick of it by the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get well, it. Patrick was mad. Yeah, he played and, me in round five. Like, yeah. yeah, it's being forced to play against the same thing over and over again is frustrating, regardless of whether it's a good or bad matchup or or anything. Like, part of the fun of X Wing is the variety, especially in second edition where there's seven different factions. Um, so yeah, that's. I understand where you're coming from, but uh, I don't ever blame people for doing what they think is their best win condition within the rules. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, uh, Greg, you were uh, silent there. Have you uh, got any input on this really? Um, I kind of feel somebody said it. It's like <clears throat> the rules don't say you can't necessarily. And so because they don't say you can't, then technically it's not illegal, but it still makes people feel bad. Uh, You're taking felt, the, the air butt approach? Yeah, I felt that way when I played a lot of uh, Boba Koshka. Because um, uh, no matter what people say, Boba's ability in 2.0 is broken. And it it felt really bad. And, um, I think Fortressing gives people the same feeling that Spam Text did, what, a year ago now? Like, uh, you think so? Yeah. Oh, God, that was a year ago? People talk well, at least... about Spam Text. I think people hated spam text more than fortressing, honestly. But uh, I, I uh, okay, so I see spam text as like people flying six ships or whatever it was, and then yeah. people getting mad because they can't, no matter what they do, they can't kill them in time. And so I guess I see that as like, but I'm also every time I play against like imperial aces, um, I feel that way. I feel. Uh, because like, yeah. oh, I, I tried to hit you, I set you up, I set you up real good, uh, you should have died, you didn't. So what That's I mean what... by that is I think people dislike spam text and fortressing equally, not from a balance standpoint, but from a this is unfun, and I don't like it. Standpoint. Oh. I got you. Pure opinion and emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pure. Yeah, well, that's where I was going with the Bubba thing, too. It's like, I flew well, um, but if I got caught, and Matt is actually kind of a good example. Matt caught me pretty hard on a debris cloud in our top four game at Husker. Mm -hmm. uh, and you you socked me in like really well with all of your, your Jedi and broadside. And all I did was like one, I, I just turned and kept bumping to yeah. minimize my shots. And, but I still had all my rerolls. So like I, I was stuck, but I wasn't, it, it was like broken. Right. Whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it, so it was it, like it was like, thing, bad, but I didn't do anything so, wrong. No. 
it that's was what just, I think it was is... frustrating because again it was one of those situations where uh your opponent can play exceptionally well yeah. make no mistakes the dice can even go your way yeah. but sometimes it just won't matter and uh you know Doug our practice game Wednesday night when you are flying uh the list you'll be taking this weekend uh a lot of those engagements were just like, oh, well, there goes Kylo. Whatever I had planned doesn't matter because Kylo doesn't have to engage if he doesn't want to engage. Unless I manage to swarm block you and have someone five straight in front of you at the same time. Kylo's not getting blocked if Kylo don't want to be blocked. So, yeah, And you're not doing anything wrong. It's You're playing your list the exact... So I could see that. And I've never played against anybody who's... Uh... Uh, Fortress and 2.0. I think I play like like 1.0 against somebody, but it like never really affected me because uh, I like to choose my engagement as well, uh, obviously. But I'll just I'll just fly straight at you, and then you know just however it turns out. But I'm also really good at like being nice in the moment and then being salty at the end, like yeah. not towards my opponent, but like. I'll, I'll I'll be like, well, that didn't work out, and then yeah. you know, but if it did work out, then I didn't care about fortressing. But if it does work, it didn't work out, and you know what I mean. Like it was like, oh yeah, hey, you know what makes fortressing really complicated? Trajectory simulator. Oh yeah, I was that guy in one point oh. So I really <laughs> yes, you were. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's like I was gonna say, you know what makes Nantex not a problem? Finny. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the big thing is this is a period of time where people are getting excited about X-Wing again, but for a lot of people, they still don't get to play or go out as much as they'd like to, so they just have to think about it and talk about it. So, things that cause even a little bit of drama get blown out of proportion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, X-Wingers love um, the they, internet. They love a scandal. Yeah. All that's <laughs> so. it. Fortressing is something that probably should be addressed, because anytime it's good, the game gets unfun very quickly. Yeah. Indeed. Agreed, yeah. Yeah. On that note, also, uh, you know, Doug, you put this in the show notes, but I'll say it. Stop complaining about AMG, people. They are yeah, doing the best they can. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I griped at one of our locals a little bit about this, probably more than I should have, but it was just a spillover from seeing so many people complain about it. But uh, you guys are out of your mind if you think FFG, or not FFG, AMG hasn't been communicative. Like, the... I, I get that there's not articles because they don't have a website yet, and that's a little frustrating, but they have supplied plenty of information in the ways that they can. They mm. have openly discussed why they're not having OP until 2022. They, uh, like, I, a lot of people complained about Armada coming out of nowhere, but, like, they have to announce it at some point, and they announced it while they're still going to be reprinting stuff. So, like, I just, I don't understand this. I, we really need more from AMG. Like, they're a company. They don't actually owe us anything, and they're they're being they're telling us quite a bit. And Indeed. and like internal staff decisions don't need to be public. Shouldn't be public, in my opinion. Indeed, I, and also, it's a public facing position. Like yeah. also, a lot of the problems people have with AMG is actually an Asmo Day problem, and you should probably address it as such. Very true. Asmo Day is a uh, you know while. That they own the companies that make the games we love. They are kind of starting to own everything, and I don't know how I feel about that. You cut out there, man. You cut out right when they start to own it, and it's like, yeah. oh god, Asmodee has censored, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big gaming. No, I was going to say Asmodee has started to own everything, and I'm not certain how I feel about that. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a that's a whole different debate. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different podcast <laughs> that we probably. probably shouldn't get into on our next. Yeah, one welcome podcast. to the Toshi Station. <laughs> Capitalism is a podcast. All right. Well, we've had a uh, lot to discuss here this week. Uh, starting, of course, with getting to see each other in person again. Which, guys, that's always great. Ooh. Even even though Greg was uh, dressed all funny in his ACUs. <laughs> yeah, I still can't believe you're only a specialist, man. You want oh, to start? You want to start? Your hands. I got. I got demoted. I told you that. Yeah, I know. But you have a staff sergeant's mustache. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I do as much that I could be a E7. So Yeah. Welcome welcome back to the Spec 4 Mafia. Yeah. It's where I belong, really. Yeah. I love that it. That is here. true. Hide it's behind warm. the sham shield as long as you can. Oh, yeah. Any non-army people in the audience just missed that joke completely. <laughs> so, uh, well, guys, do we have any shout outs this week? Uh, real quick before shoutouts, uh, if you're in the Kansas City area, we're starting up a league, a game cafe. That's uh, it's going to be more of like organized open play. You can come and go as you please, uh, but uh, you should sign up for it. I'll have information for it on the uh, the Mocan X Wing group and the Discord up. server that and the Discord server, which will be a link to, made well. by someone really handsome, I'm sure. That's doubtful at best. It was me. Anyway, shout out to my father, Bob Howe. <laughs> oh, oh, sneaking it in there. It was Boom. all a setup to get to my father, Bob Howe. <laughs> um, I think I already shouted at John, but I'll shout John out again for the Game Cafe tournament. Those are always Indeed. fun. And uh, Tyler and our crew at Huskarl, thank you again for going above and beyond to make an enjoyable tournament. It is always a pleasure to play at your store. Right. Well, for Tashi Station Radio, I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alex. And I'm Greg. And we'll see you soon. Next God, we've time. Gotta get, we've got to get an outro. I don't know when this is coming out, but we'll see you in a subsequent Tuesday. Except <laughs> it'll probably come out on a Friday. So a subsequent Friday. Fob. 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 Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Toshi Station Radio. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. Follow us on our social media on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, on Twitter at Tashi Station XW, on Twitch at Tashi Station X-Wing, and on YouTube at Tashi Station X-Wing. If you want to help us offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash ToshiStationXWing and toss us a few credits to help keep the hooks off our back. Stay safe, fly well, and we'll see you next episode.